Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. We are back. This is so exciting. This is surely you're joking. We have every single member of the team, <laughs> minus our old member, Owen Benjamin, who's R.I.P. moved on. Rest in Pennsylvania, <laughs> or wherever he is. <laughs> Lost him to his family. Thing, but in, upstate New York, right? Yeah, same thing. But instead, I am so excited to announce that we have a brand new full-time co-host who's been a guest on the show before, but he's very awesome. Matthew Broussard. Hello, oh, Matthew. Hello. Hello. He guessed very, very excited to be officially. Welcome. You are very popular. I get a lot of messages about that. Oh, thank yeah. you. And I lie oh, and say I don't have your number and to stop bothering me. <laughs> well, you didn't uh, have my number until like a, a day ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's uncover the secret unprofessional world that we deal with behind the scenes. Also like, yeah. missing from the show for a long time, but absolutely one of our favorite people on the planet. We just saw him in Patriots Day and he killed... Well, I mean, he... he... <laughs> Griff? No, not Griff. Griff was in Patriots Day? <laughs> That's right. By the way, we have Mark Wahlberg here. Mark Wahlberg. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, for me. Electrons. You've got to be out of breath when you're saying it. We're just talking about quantum orbitals. <laughs> also, of course, filming the new season of Silicon Valley. Uh, Jimmy O'Yang. Hi, Jimmy. Back, Thank you man. for coming back. Oh, thanks for having me back. And also Griff. Uh, there we go. <laughs> it's about right. It's like that. It's about right. <laughs> Griff's been here the whole time. You've seen so, him. You know. <laughs> in a Whole Foods. <laughs> you've seen him at a Whole Foods somewhere. Yeah, you've seen him in the background of some of Matthew Broussard's photos on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, today we have a very exciting return guest, awesome guy, rock and roll player, uh, scientist, professor, discoverer of worlds, mm. Constantine Badigan. Badigan. Yes, sir. That's a, that's, gotcha, a real, that's a real. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Don't get offended. He messed up Josh Brenner's name. I mean, yeah. <laughs> With, with a name like that, do you have any choice but to be a scientist? I feel like that's the only option. No, man. Yeah. No, that's why. Uh, that's why my comedy career didn't work out. Nah, that's okay. <laughs> you can be like a hockey player. That's a good hockey player name, not a baseball name. At that's least right. you have a better excuse than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I have a serial killer name. Yeah. And today you brought right, along yes. a friend. Uh, are you? Um, I have not learned that much about you yet. But please welcome Jeff Adams to the show. It's actually Fred Adams. Fred Adams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a bit. It's a bit. He's We're learning more about you. Here we go. I actually called Josh Brenner Jeff. That yeah, was Jeff is my rap name. Oh, so. Right. so you just call everybody Jeff? Jeff? Everybody's just Jeff. Because Fred's nowhere close to Jeff. <laughs> so it has the same number of letters. So. Yeah. But, so Fred, uh, you also study planets. <laughs> yes, I imagine. I do. do you study extra exoplanets or Earth? Ish, I mean, a solar system planets like uh, exoplanets. I'm mostly an astro uh, astrophysicist in general, so I study like the whole universe. Okay, what is awesome. your favorite planet that you've ever visited? Earth. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Earth is a great planet. <laughs> we we got water. It's good. It's awesome. Yeah, out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe that uh, Planet Nine, which you you so last time you were here, you said it was 60 million percent sure that it would be discovered by 2018, I think. 
I'd yeah. have to go back on the tape. I mean, is it discovered yet? Does it drop this I was, summer? I was, I was <laughs> so drunk last time. Yeah. I don't you were partying. You were on a high. Everybody yeah. was interviewing you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my confidence level just keeps rising. It's it's too it's big just... to fail. Yeah. <laughs> so 2018 is still good for yeah. Planet uh, Nine. Also, the Church of Planet Nine now accepts donations. That's awesome. Mm. Are you oh. ordained at the Church of Planet Nine? Or? I am the Church of Planet Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this Are is you? a real thing? No. no. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, but actually, yeah. If uh, something gets announced on our podcast, it's a real thing. <laughs> okay. But, but he is taking donations. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, do, you, do you have the tax exempt status yet? Because that would be... I mean, uh, I'm like our president. You know? oh, okay. You just, you'll never know. <laughs> but I, I believe that uh, Planet Nine got in the news again it's recently. It was on Reddit today. I it was think. on Reddit, right? which counts as news now. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about that? Uh, I would love to. I I didn't see it on Reddit. Um, <laughs> I, I tried to make the news, not read the news. Yeah, he's a real scientist. I don't want to know what Reddit said. I want to know what's new with Planet Nine. Look, I've seen love, many love... headlines over the last few right, months. No, Scientists I... on Reddit. Like, have you seen this GIF? <laughs> no, it's right, a cat. Right, right. Look, I, I'll, um, I'll give you an update. Um, so last time we talked, which was about a year ago. Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there were three lines of evidence for Planet Nine, right? It was the fact that if you go, predominantly, it was the fact that you go to the outermost reaches of the solar system, right? The Kuiper Belt objects, these asteroidal-like bodies that, that orbit beyond Neptune, have orbits that all point into the same overall direction, right? And that confinement of the orbits is what's giving us the clue that Planet Nine is really there, and we can compute the mass of Planet Nine and what kind of orbit it has, and so on. Is this similar to like the the Trojan asteroids? And... It's it's very much related in that the interactions through which these orbits get shepherded are kind of fundamentally related to the way that the, the Trojan asteroids get shepherded by Jupiter. Yeah, but so but just... these are different objects, and we now call them Constantinos. <laughs> really? <Nice. laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. That's what Fred calls. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, are there these are my Constantinos as well. <laughs> There are two, actually. Yeah, they're actually they're two anti-Constantinos, and there's lots of Constantinos. Also known as ex-girlfriends? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a separate category. <laughs> yeah. So just so you guys know, Trojan asteroids are these collections. They're like kind of like little packs of asteroids that orbit along with Jupiter, but they don't orbit around Jupiter or the sun. They just sort of like, they go around the sun, but they're like clustered and always guided by Jupiter. So. And they come in little square packages. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Is the uh, size of it and the shape of the orbit uh, pretty irregular compared to the eight we have now? Absolutely. Yeah, so the eight um, planets of the solar system, if you ask any um, you know elementary school kid to draw them, they can usually draw a bunch of concentric circles mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. Planet nine's orbit. Is that, it's pretty accurate, though, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's only mildly elliptical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's only a couple percent out around. Planet nine, on the other hand, is more like a comet um, in some sense. Its eccentricity is 60%, which means that at its furthest reach, uh, its orbit goes out to about a thousand times the distance between the Earth and the Sun. And its closest approach, it's only about 200. So its orbit is really elongated. What is um what is Neptune compared to Earth? Neptune is thirty. Thirty. So at its closest it's still yeah. farther than any of the eight planets by a long shot. That's right. That's okay. right. So it's not going to destroy the Earth. Okay. It, th- no. So I get um 
countless email um, every day about is this did you discover the mysterious planet Nibiru, which yeah. is coming to destroy the Earth? And, this and is, no, uh, this no is all, I did not. What this, is Nibiru? Egyptian? This is all Joe Rogan's fault. It's uh, when our when our podcast gets as big as his, then we'll straighten. What this. You mean the Joe Rogan <laughs> podcast doesn't rely on pure science? <laughs> <laughs> Everything he says is grounded in fact on uh, spirituality, and he almost came on this podcast just to oh. talk to you. So. Um, but what I think when he found out that it wasn't going to destroy the Earth, he lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about ten Earth masses. What's how does that compare to the so other? So it's actually pretty similar uh, to Neptune. <laughs> like Neptune is seventeen. Okay. Um, so it's. I think you're going to ask how does that compare to Earth? Well, <laughs> well Matthew, it's ten times the mass of Earth. Sounds like something I would ask. Yeah. So it's an it's an interesting body because a lot of. Uh, in fact, the vast majority of the exoplanets we find um, are in this range where they're between the Earth and Neptune. And in the solar system, we don't have an analog of what we call a super-Earth. Mm -hmm. And Planet Nine, therefore, might be our, um, our exoplanet. What's exoplanet? It's a great question. Yeah, uh, exoplanet the, is a planet that orbits another star. Oh, Griff asked that question. Yeah, that was I don't me. know why you're looking at that me. That was me. Griff <laughs> I, I, just, I just changed okay, my yeah. voice for yeah. a second there. I'm just looking at you because I'm, I'm just starstruck. Oh, okay. you know, so I just, <laughs> can't take my eyes off. I, I was talking to Griff. He was <laughs> <people laughs> looking at you. They're, they're like literally starstruck. You're the you're the star guy. Yeah. How's the rock star life as a star discoverer? So good. Is it? How? So good. Do you get free drinks everywhere? Uh, no. Are we allowed to curse? Yeah. Oh, hey. Do you think you're going to get shipped from astrologists? Like, do you think people are going to be like, well, this doesn't fit our horoscopes? Or like, Actually, no. It's been the opposite. Um, astrologers have been like, this is the reason our shit's been wrong. <laughs> 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 we didn't know about the ninth oh, planet. Wow. Awesome. You gave them an out. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> this is there. We forgot to carry the two. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's yeah, astronomers yeah. who've been messing up our science. Yeah. I told you, John, Mercury was not in retrograde. He knows what's going on. <laughs> Will it be... Is there a chance they'll be named after you, or no? So first, first of all, I mean, I'm not the the Pluto only two? one. Yeah. I'm not the only, um, you know, person uh, in the research effort. You know, this is a collaboration between me and Mike Brown, who is mm -hmm. my uh, my partner in crime. Fred has Pluto actually Pluto killer, by the way. Yeah, the guy really? Mike Brown is the Pluto killer. Yeah, and he keeps Ooh. changing his mind. Doesn't if he that wants sound to be like a hip hop podcast. name? Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he's Pluto also, killer. Planet <laughs> Brown is just not very appealing. <laughs> no, no, no. no. So I mean, Doctor Susie in <laughs> Planet Bad is gonna be great, except Kevin wouldn't be able to pronounce it. He'll have a lot of trouble. <laughs> We're here with Planet Jeff. <laughs> so no joke. Uranus was called George when Herschel discovered it. Really? Yeah, because Herschel discovered it and named it in honor of King George. That would have oh. been oh, that would be funny. Like, no, nah, Uranus is already George. the funniest name. Yeah, so the, no... the astronomical community of the time, at the time were like, George is a horrible name for a planet. Let's name it Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> oh, God. It sounds like something just Trump would name all right. of the right. planets after his kids and his names. <laughs> right, planet <that's> Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a tradition of naming them after deities, right? So yeah. even the minor oh. planets are being named after deities. And they're like getting specifically. Into, like Sedna. No, yeah. I, think, I think you're getting into not just Eurocentric ones. Like, there's been some Hawaiian... No, uh, Sedna's yeah. an Inuit name. Okay. From the Alaskan Inuit. Oh. So, yeah, they're expanding. 
Huh. Well, they cultural appropriation. Thank you for not saying Eskimo. That was very nice of you. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> a Hawaiian name will be uh, very confusing for a planet. A lot of apostrophes, A's, and I's. But there are some. Same with Irish. Icelandic. Yeah. We should go into the like. Oh, Una God. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Reykjavik. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what are the current eight? Are they all Roman? Mm-hmm. Mars? Okay, yeah. So this one, who decides who names it what? Is there a, a poll? So, or highest so, bidder yeah, wins. Planet Muck yeah. Planet Face. Uh, right. Pla- planet, planet Pepsi? It's going to be an Ask Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's no. Uh... Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> but remember, sorry. Mountain Dew had a contest to, to choose a name for their new new flavor. Uh-huh. And Hitler did nothing wrong one. Horrible. Online community. That's great. So, uh, yeah, back to the... everything. Yeah, so so I didn't know this, but um, there was an OZ magazine, article about Planet Nine, and the reporter actually contacted uh, somebody at the International Astronomical Union uh, to find out how this goes, and they were like, "We don't know. We've never had to do this." Right? That, there's that never been exact, a, that there's not a protocol for yeah. this. That sounds exactly like a union answer. Right <laughs> yeah. there. It's like, what? I don't. That's not my job. Yeah. To name it. Why is this one so different? Um, you know, for a couple of reasons. First of all, its orbit is unlike any other planetary orbit that we know of, right? But a lot of asteroids or comets, what's what's it similar to? Uh, it's similar to Kuiper Belt objects, which okay. are these things. I mean, they're they're rocks, icy rocks the size of L.A., basically. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, you expect crap like that to be out in the distant solar system. It is, distant solar system is polluted with with random little you know fragments but it, it is I hope it's uninhabited because if they found out their discoverer is calling it crap and No I'm garbage. what the Kuiper belt objects Yeah well yeah. the traffic is you know horrible but <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah it takes an hour just to get across <laughs> one comment uh, yeah so you know it is it is a different it's it's very it's interesting right because it's very foreign to our solar system to have something that's on this elongated, weird orbit. Looks like nothing. It looks nothing like the other planets. But if you look at it in the more galactic context, it's actually maybe the most regular planet that our solar system has. Why? Because as I already mentioned, the the type of planet, this ten Earth mass ball, is actually the most common type of planet that exists in the galaxy. Mm. And number two, our um, because of mass. Well, it's, we don't actually know for sure why this is the most common outcome of planet formation. That's very much an open question. I, I'm sorry, what attributes of it make it so common? Uh, the mass. The mass, yeah, okay. The mass. So That's most right. planets are 10 times the mass of Earth. So yeah, Earth is kind of like and a that kind of fits shitty even, little planet. Which is almost 10 <laughs> times the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of fits with ours because there's two. There's Neptune and... and yeah, Your so Neptune, yeah, the... Neptune and Uranus are probably the the other kind of normal-ish planets of the solar system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jupiters are rare. Earth analogs, I think, are also pretty rare. Yeah, um, one way to think about it is that Neptune is kind of like a failed instance of Jupiter. If you're trying to make Jupiter and you don't get done, you end up with Neptune. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> seriously, so actually, there's a lot of Neptunes out there because you know. The, the solar systems don't finish their homework. Though. Is it uh, <laughs> interesting? Uh, 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 very interesting. Maybe I'm making up words here. Is it a condensed gas giant? Is that what Neptune is? 
it's an ice giant. It's an ice giant. Matthew, you don't have to impress anyone here. It's fine. There's actually no gas in it. I mean, it's mostly icy things. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so becoming a true giant planet like Jupiter is a little bit like, you know, the the lifestyle of of a rapper. You know, very few. Like, there's lots of Neptunes around. A lot of people trying to rap. That's right. And only very few will become. Mm-hmm. You know, big and bad enough. That's right. Two chains. Was wow. it? That was a was brilliant Jupiter, analogy. Yeah. Was Jupiter close to being a, a star or something? Or it's about a thousand times less massive than the sun. Uh-huh. So, so no, it's not. Um, it's it would not, have to be eighty times bigger to, in mass to be a star. That's the rule. That's the cutoff. The bare yeah. minimum. The, yeah, that's that's. I don't put that, limitations on Jupiter. Rules. It can be a no, star. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All of us can be stars. Yeah. No, if you have a body and you want it to actually like turn on, as in mm-hmm. do nuclear stuff, it has to have at least eighty Jupiters worth of mass. Ah. But what if a planet want to transition into a star? We're going to tell them no. That seems very un-American to me. Well, we'll just tell them we'll, we'll email them back later, and then we just want to email them back. That was the plot of two thousand one. I'd like to point out. Really? Really? Yeah. Wasn't it 2010? The sequel? Yeah. True. Yeah. (laughs) Which is right about now, (laughs) and fairly accurate. 2016 (laughs) was the worst in that trilogy for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Can I say like, at the time when uh, you know the Cold War ended, I was thinking, ah, that movie got it wrong. There's no way we're gonna have problems with Russia in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Started again. Yeah. Yeah, and this sort of. It's good for Russian actors. Remember in the 90s? That's true. Every yeah. bad guy was played by Russians. Good. Now, f- for the past 10 years, like uh, Middle Eastern bad guys. And Asian. So, Asian yeah. was a thing. The new Red. Oh, right, right, right. What's it right. called? Red something? Red, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Yeah. They did the Red uh, Dawn, Chinese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Wasn't right. it North Korean? Yeah, that was oh, sorry, yeah, right, North Korean. Korean. But Matthew doesn't know. I mean, come on. He doesn't know. <laughs> that means less the villain parts for you. I know. I can't. I can never play a villain. No. Well, and that ponytail is very villainous. A man bun, excuse me. I'm sorry. A semi. <laughs> My apologies. Man bun. Yeah, you know Russian actors are going to start coming back. I yeah. feel like that's going to be a thing, like the new that Cold War. Big Whoa. in the 90s. It is dude. good. It's yeah. good. It's good. Extra, extra income. If, um, <laughs> if Constantine, if there's a biopic based on Constantine, I would think Miles Teller would play him, right? I agree. It's very I'm, Miles Teller. Mask, how old you are? Yeah, I'm 30. God. So, yeah, very young. Holy. How old are you, Matthew? 28. Oh, <laughs> you seem depressed. Are you like, <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna discover a planet in the next two years and catch up to him. There's <laughs> a chance. You're already in Comedy Central and you're 28. God. Yeah, yeah. like okay. 20 times. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> are there potentially more than one uh, floating up there? You know, there's no evidence for more than one, mm-hmm. um, but the solar system has a lot of real estate, so you could, in principle, park a little, you know, one more planet out there. The trouble you start getting into, and this is actually a paper that Fred wrote um, about a year ago, is that um, if you start parking planets too far away, they start getting stripped off by passing stars. Wow. Well, what happens? Like, it, it takes them? Like stripped that's, off, yeah. Well, what does well, stripped well, it, off mean? It, it either will capture them or just eject them into the coldness of space. Wow, that's so cool. Just Quite just, literally. Yeah, yeah because damn right cold. This is like a rapper's game. This really yeah, it's is. Like, it's like, like one Mr. big game of rap, man. Mr. Steal Your Girl, man. Yeah. <laughs> Some other star's going to come in and take your bitch, man. I'm sorry. Um, bitch as in because I'm trying to be hip-hop. I'm not trying yeah. to be No, it's good. Yeah. We got the context, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. We got okay. it. That was like actually no me. Limit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no limit and stole other artists. No yeah. Limit Soldier, Master yeah. P. Yeah, Did you know... Sorry, uh, as a previous episode, we had somebody who we had the discover of... The closest star 
which is Proxima Centauri. And how far away that, is that? But what's kind of cool is that two light years. Four, two? That just four, happens to be the closest at the moment. Stars wander in and out all the time. That's just happens at this particular moment in time. That's the nearest one. But stars drift all over the galaxy. So really, there's some that I, I mean I don't even know if we know what the closest other star has come. Do you know? Is it is that a known thing? Like, can, it, can we back project to other stars or something? Well, actually, yeah. what we know is the following. We talked earlier about how the Planetary orbits are very circular. Mm -hmm. That means that they're not messed up. Sure. So yeah. if something wandered too close to us, it would mess them up. Uh -huh. So you can sort of play CSI solar system and go back and say that no star came closer <laughs> than so close to us. Otherwise, our planet orbits would be messed up. Oh, so does that mean that this planet uh, is in, in an elongated orbit because of that? That's point? one possibility. Oh, yeah. okay. um, my yeah. job was to calculate the odds of that. So. Oh, awesome. Ah, so we can actually perfect. do the odds of Ho that. Hopefully so. they're under 100%. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like a new star comes in and starts messing with orbits of other planets, so what kind of effects directly or indirectly would that have with, let's say, Earth? Well, it depends. Um, there's many possibilities. The, the outer planets get messed up first, so the most likely way Earth would be affected would be that a passing star would perturb the orbit of Jupiter, and then Jupiter in turn would cause huge waves on the Earth. Ah. But what's interesting is you can remove Planet Nine without doing too much damage to the eight-planet solar system that we've come hmm. to learn and, and love, um, with the exception of you can, you'll probably trigger a sort of multi-million-year bombardment um, of the inner solar system with these icy debris from the outer solar system. But aside from that, everything will be fine. It's sort of like you would kill the dinosaurs every year. Yeah, do you, do you think, so it's uh, really not good for do us. Do you think mass extinctions might be related to passing stars and passing heavy objects? Or do you think it's just pure stochastic unluckiness? It's a great question. So, um, you know, the paleontological data goes back and forth on this, on whether there is a true periodicity to mass extinctions. Um, so I am about 50% convinced that there is indeed this 27 or 29 million year period to uh, things dying off. How far are we into that 27 million year? <laughs> we, are, uh, we are due. Uh, oh. yeah. so, so I'm not convinced. That's because fun. if you have something that has a period of 27 million years, it's going to be much further out than planet 9. Mm -hmm. And then passing stars will, in fact, remove it. But I'm, I'm slightly – I'll push back because – you can. You don't have to have its orbital period be 27 million years. You can have the secular period, the the time scale on which its orbit, you know, undergoes changes, be 27 million years, and that yeah, that buys you a factor of 100, I guess, ish. Yeah, something like that. So, um, so we can. I mean, how, how long is this episode? <laughs> oh, the math is really funny though, because my instinct was like, oh no, we're, oh, oh, it's like. My life is 80 years long, and if it's like, oh, we're due within the next million years, like the odds are still unbelievably low. Oh, no, that's actually not true. So I've talked about that on other episodes before. Um, they're going to like suddenly just start, oh, shoot. Like, well, no, 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 but the odds are low, but the costs are high, and the two cancel each other out very nicely. So, for example, uh, just based on the idea that there's a, a Colossus event every 60 million years, which is a good starting point, let's say, uh, just by pure random chance, 
if it kills everyone on Earth, your probability of dying from it is still higher than your chance of dying on an airplane, for example. The, mm -hmm. the human mind is not set up to handle those probabilities like that because right. we see airplane crashes every year, but it only kills a few hundred people. So we see that as a real danger. We don't see the entire planet being wiped out, so we don't. Our brains don't uh, put that into account. But billions of people live on Earth, so right. your chance of being killed by an asteroid yeah, instantaneously people. is still just about the same as riding an airplane. If yeah. we, if we invest, I, I, I've heard you preach that before, which I agree with. If we invest more money in some space defense or whatever program, would it help? Like, if, if like, can we defend these icy blocks coming or whatever coming to destroy the Earth? Yeah, I, with I, lasers, I so. man. Yeah. With lasers. I thought you could just fly a ship next to sure. it, and just the slight disturbance of mass would would no, change yeah, trajectory. Yeah, 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 it's lasers. That's a Bruce Willis movie. You just fly. Like, I literally thought you could just like fly next to it, and it would just because only a tiny one. And then shoot it with a laser. Well, I'm saying like if we throw money. At this problem, is it going to go away? Well, not, no? well, the key thing is to find it early if you want to steer yeah. it away, like you said. So you have to build telescopes to look for them first. And we, because if you don't know what's coming, you can't steer it away. <laughs> right. and we keep missing them, like the 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 bolide that went off over Siberia recently. There's been two in the last two centuries. Uh, that one caught everyone by surprise. Mm. I mean, they didn't know about it until it was blowing up in their face, mm. and that injured thousands of people. It didn't kill anybody, but it was, you know, that that was a good example of a play, of an asteroid <laughs> coming in from a blind spot because it was coming from the direction of the sun. But it was the last one that hit Russia. Well, it never actually made it to the ground, but yeah. Oh no, I think pieces did. Yeah, the last one that hit Russia was. This was Chelyabinsk. Uh, when? Yeah. Yeah, no, when was this? Two thousand thirteen. A couple years ago. Yeah. 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 Putin but that knew was about relatively it. small. That was like the size <laughs> uh -huh. of a truck, right? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, but it still it had like a forty megaton right. equivalent. Yeah, it blew out people's windshields. So yeah. Which interestingly, like. For Siberia, I mean that's just a regular Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's trust falling off it was, the sky. Wasn't it caught on a dash cam? Oh, tons yeah. of them. Yeah, tons yeah. of them. Yeah, it's there's a great awesome. movie of it you can find online. Yeah, so like in Russia, the only reason its orbit was reconstructed as well as it was because it was caught on like every single dash cam, and in Russia, everybody has a yeah, dash it was, cam. It was awesome. They triangulated <laughs> it. That's super shady because of insurance fraud. corruption. Because yeah, <laughs> of insurance fraud, right? Like they, people just, jumping in front right. of cars. Just a, just YouTube... The insurance can't dash cam video. It's mm -hmm. so funny in Russia. It's so people funny. really put their body There's on the like line There's like a European there. soccer game. Yeah. Everyone like runs. They're like, oh. Yeah. There's these ones where a guy comes to a dead stop. This is my favorite. And the guy like runs up and throws himself. <laughs> <on> <laughs> like the car's already at a dead stop. So that's why. I th but this might also. I mean, these there are actually lots of other events that have happened even since then that are on the same scale. But just right off the bat, most of them we don't even know about because uh, they occur over the ocean. So 75% of them uh -huh. happen over the ocean. And until we had satellites and modern technology, we didn't even know about it. For example, there was another one over the coast, uh, off the coast of Chile, I think, that was the same size or bigger. And it was, you know, no one was there. I mean, maybe a fisherman saw it. I don't know. It certainly wasn't on dash cam. Yeah. And mm -hmm. very little about it is known because... If I was a uh, fisherman, I'd have a dash cam. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but a the shark hits the thing. <laughs> Ow, my fin! <laughs> and, and the only reason that two happened over Russia in the la that are known about is because Russia's a big country and it has a lot of land mass. And so, you know, that's the country that's most likely to happen. Oh, it's not God punishing them for the insurance camps. Oh, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> that, too. For okay. elections. 
fraud. <laughs> oh, okay, right, that's it. What uh, I heard there was like a statistic. They're talking about like some piece the size of a, a toilet fell off the International Space Station. They said the odds of it hitting someone mm-hmm. were remarkably low. You already have two thirds odds that it falls in the water, and then if it hits land, the odds of it hitting a populated area are like minuscule, like fractions of a percent. Oh yeah. Um, what is what lot. A lot more likely is uh, stage parts from rockets launched in China. Those have a really high chance of hitting people because uh, for some reason the way – so in the U.S., all the launches occur off of Florida and they head off in a direction that's not over anything. So any pieces that fall down all fall into the ocean. Or on but Florida, for some reason, yeah. which, Or in Florida, yeah. <laughs> uh, for some reason, China has this like launch path of one of its launch sites and there's just farmland out there and people post these pictures of like – just you know, shrouds from the satellites that just land on their farmland. Wow, like, these aren't like burned up coming out of space. This is like the stuff that's supposed you know, to come off. Yeah, that's supposed to come off, oh like as God. part of the launch. And uh, take that count. Yeah, I'd also recommend YouTubing that because that's really funny. There's they have some one, dash cams out there on the farms that, of China. On the cow. There's this great video. Sometimes these things land on uh, Spain, and Spain blames China, but it, like it's still in dispute. They say that it's pieces of Chinese launch equipment somehow. But <laughs> like, no, no, that's North Korea. That's North Korea. Don't worry about it. Yeah, what alphabet is on? What writing is on the side of it? Well, the so ones that land on Spain board. are burned up. So the ones in China are not burned up. They're just whole pieces of shrouds and, and stages. But the ones that land in Spain are, like, mysteriously burned up pieces of metal. So, I mean, it's just – I don't. maybe it's been resolved by now. But there's just YouTube videos of people going, like, what is this? How big are they? Are they huge? The, well, the ones the, – the shrouds for the satellites are – like really huge. That's what's so funny about it. Like the it's size like, of this room. Like bigger. Yeah. What? Jesus. There's something that are ta- like bigger. We talking? Like the size of an aircraft wing. Oh. <laughs> like just a full oh, on piece. God. They're not. They're not very heavy. They're usually because they're they're designed just because they're, they're made in China. <laughs> <laughs> they're, the, they're just an aerodynamic shield, but they have to break. You know, fall off mm. at some point when they go up. And Can you sell them on light. eBay? If you selling Alibaba. See, I got I got Chinese jokes. Guys. Oh, that's, that's, Jack Ma. Come He's on, the man. man. <laughs> Told Jack Ma. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. X. Okay. <laughs> Do we know enough about exoplanets? Hard to follow that. Oh, uh, this is just a question. What yeah. percentage of uh, of stars are binary? Oh, that's a great question. But what is that? Half, what is it? No, it's less stars. than half. Oh, okay. It's less than half. The story is that half of the stars as big as the sun are binary. But stars that are small have a less probability of being binary. And almost all stars are smaller than the sun, so most stars are actually not binary. Really? Even though actually most astronomers know, know in quotes, that most stars are binary, most of them aren't. What does this signify if it is binary or if it's not? Like, I guess the question is not how many, because now I'm doing too much math. Not, what percentage of solar systems are binary, not versus? Well, I think that sort of half the stars have planets, whether they're binary or not. So. Okay. So it's about a quarter. A quarter of all systems. A quarter of all sun-like stars. So a quarter of all planet-hosting sun-like stars have. Planet-hosting. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's not that's that common. True. Yeah. All right. No, that's pretty common. There's 100 billion stars it's in the not, galaxy. It's not predominant. Sorry, it's not. It's it's less. That's, okay. that's a lot of planets. So, so I have a question. Uh, how do you? How do we know, or do we know, if Planet Nine is from our solar system, or if it's not just a thing we captured from some other Ooh. star? Well, Fred, I'll I'll let Fred 
take this one because he wrote a paper on this. Oh, well, it's mean? actually very possible that we captured it from another solar system. It's awesome. POW? But, but <laughs> if, you, if you want to capture it from another solar system, you have to do it early. See, most stars are formed in clusters. To get it by surprise. And the cluster, no, well, they, stars are formed in clusters, and the clusters only live for 10 to 100 million years. And when the stars are still in their clusters, they're moving slowly with respect to each other, and they're crowded, and they have a lot of um, chance to exchange material. So if you want to steal Planet 9 from another solar system or from a freely floating planet in the cluster, it's better to do it while you're still in the cluster. Because once you get outside the cluster in the field, the galaxy is relentlessly empty. Yeah, it's like mm. an STD. You know, you got to catch it <laughs> first semester of college. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it's just like that, I think. <laughs> It's actually kind of interesting, um, speaking of STDs, if, <laughs> if our solar system was in its birth cluster, a lot of little rocks, little tiny rocks, asteroids, get ejected from solar systems and captured all the time. So every solar system shares rocks with every other solar system in its birth cluster. Uh-huh. Shares rocks. So yeah. 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 It's kind of, yeah. Just Out like there. in kindergarten, every kid shares germs with every other kid. Uh-huh. It's like NBA yeah. groupies. They just pass from and player we, to player. And we've okay. talked about that before in the show with respect to panspermia because uh, one of Which the, is a great name, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Great name. Uh, one of the things that comes up with uh, pan... I mean, one of the things I was very interested, find, you know, excited to learn about is that the, the stars really do get around in a galaxy. I mean, like, we're not... We're, we're only a few million years away from any particular, you know zone of the galaxy. I've seen simulations where they just track all the orbits of stars and they just mix and mix and mix. And I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Because mm. that's one possible uh, solution to the Fermi paradox that, you know, that life may, may be the reason we don't see it is because we all started at the same time and it just spread very, very quickly as microbes and maybe just only occasionally, you know, we get to to yeah. turn into us. Um, yeah, indeed. So, the, I mean, so the star steals planets from the most outer planet, right? Like, they can't just steal Earth. No. Right. If... You're much more likely to steal a planet that's far away than one that's close. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm doing a little bit of mental math. You said it 200 Earth orbits away at its maximum. Planet yeah. 9. At its minimum. At its minimum? Yes. What's What was the maximum? A thousand. A thousand. Okay. So, uh, 200 times would be roughly a light day? Hey, yeah. Okay, yeah, and a, a thousand would be about five light days, and then the closest star is about four light years? Dude. Yeah. Yeah. You're crushing Okay, it. so it's still <laughs> still pretty far away. It would have to be a big star to steal it, or would it just have to be the right approach? Way to order a magnitude, bro. Yeah. yeah. Like, you see? Yeah. Well, see, the There's stars are generally right four light years apart, but they do wander closer to each other over the billions of years they're around. Yeah. So you have to be much closer in order to steal a planet. Okay, you kind of got to sneak in there and grab it and leave. Mm. Yes, Pro- I, and Proxima Centauri is uh, how many sun mass, solar masses? It's about a, it's like a, uh, I think it's a sun-like star. Well, there's two. Okay. The real oh, Alpha Centauri is like the sun. Proxima Centauri is the red dwarf. Yeah, the red oh, dwarf. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, alpha. Okay, they're yeah. near each other, but they're not, uh, like, they're not the same. They're, they're not they're, together anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so t- technically the, the red dwarf is the closer one, and it's very, very faint. Okay. So you can see Alpha Centauri very easily with your eye, but um, it's extremely difficult to see Proxima Centauri. But they're right next to each other in the sky. So, uh, Hence the word Proxima. Yeah. <laughs> are they how far apart are they? Like uh, less than a light year, I think. Uh, yeah, I think yeah less so than a light year. But I think they're about um, 1,000 AU 
a thousand times the distance between the Earth and the Sun away from one another. So roughly think the border. Yeah, they're like they orbit. A thousand, of, you said? Yeah. So the orbit of Proxima Centauri. So five light around, days. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, it might be ten thousand. I don't. Yeah, it might be a little farther. Yeah, I don't remember. Further. But it's it's sort of. It's big enough that you can see them as separate yeah. spots on the sky. They're just very close. They, they must have they, wacky orbits. If they sh- do, they share planets or anything, or they don't share planets. Oh, they're sharing planets. That's a. <laughs> I just picture like an infinity That's sign the future. orbit. Of like, yeah, swinger stars. <laughs> um, no, their orbit, I think, is pretty eccentric, um, but not. Hugging, so I think it's it's actually quite similar to Planet Nine. If you draw the orbit of yeah, Proxima very... Centauri around Alpha Centauri, it kind of looks like a upscale version of Planet Nine. But a, a really great plot you can see this on Wikipedia is just a plot of all the stars that have a pr- their distance from Earth over time. And uh, a good rule of thumb is the Earth travels, the orbital speed of the Earth is about, uh, uh, it's about 0.01% of the speed of light. That's a, that's just from 1 AU times 2 pi. That's fast. Um, yeah, it's pretty yeah, fast. Yeah. So what's cool is, though, that what that tells you is that roughly stars come in and out uh, around on the 10,000-year period. So we have a new neighbor roughly every 10,000 years. And there's this great plot in Wikipedia where it shows the you know, the hyperbolic paths of, you know, right now it happens, Proxima Centauri and Alpha Centauri happen to be the close ones, but there's other ones that have drifted in the past and there's more coming in the future. And hmm. every 10,000 years or so, we get a new closest neighbor. And sometimes they're really close and sometimes they're, you know, they're far away. But they generally all stay on the light year scale. I mean, they're light years away from each other and they're light years away from us. 10,000 years? Yeah, roughly that's... every 10,000 years we have a new closest hmm. neighbor. Really short. And it doesn't, does yeah. that affect Well, that's our... where the STDs come in. Because <laughs> just, <laughs> the galaxy isn't like a nice, stable thing the way the solar system is. It's all mixed around. And it's we're all chaotic. Though, right? Yeah, it's yeah. chaotic. Because the... there's so many pieces, and they all are interacting with each other. And so many side that, pieces, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's my side star. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't tell Vega. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and, and then on top of that, the galaxies also really, they're not even just orbiting the stars, they're orbiting dark matter on top of that. Yeah, which just makes it even weirder, especially since we don't know exactly what that distribution was is. I saw this, and this seemed like pop science. Um, one of the mass extension theories was based on dark matter, that we oscillate mass outside extinction? of the dark matter and then through it and like kind of like no, tilting. No, that's, that's not just pop science. That's... Uh, um, well, the idea is that the solar system wanders up and down through the galactic plane on a dinosaur-killing timescale. And then while it's in the plane, it has a chance to interact with clouds, which sends rains of comets down on the Earth and kills the dinosaurs. So we're protected when we're outside of the dark matter? or in Yeah, it? we're protected when we're out. It's not the dark matter. It's the... Um, it's the real matter. It's actually. the real matter. But because of the dark matter halo, you can imagine that you're oscillating in and out of the galactic plane. And when you're outside of the plane, there ain't nothing to hit. And when you're inside, there is, which leads to comets, which leads to... Yeah, uh, Lisa Randall, who's a physicist, hopefully we'll have on our show at some point, um, wrote a book about that, about how dark matter might have killed the dinosaurs. So, and I think m- that's might the name of the book at all. Yeah, yeah. Are we like we're pretty sure about dark matter right now? We're pretty sure that there's something that is dark matter. We're not very sure about what it is, but there's about six different lines of evidence that all give you the same answer. I'm not I mean, sure we know anything. We just found I mean, out dark dinosaurs. matter matters. That's all we really know. <laughs> we just we just found out dinosaurs have feathers, right, or something like that, and and all and of those lasers. 
And lasers. <laughs> oh my lord. <laughs> what is <awesome>. real? <laughs> I like that like the dumbest people and the smartest scientists both are like, lasers are the answer to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good bit for stage, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, but so dark ma- the dark matter debate kind of uh, took an interesting turn recently because the WIMP hypothesis has been largely rejected. Or not mm, rejected. Not rejected. Replaced the pussy hypothesis. Nah, not, <laughs> <laughs> pussy. not rejected, just disappointingly lacked of detection. But it's, yeah. there's, it's not ruled out. It's just getting to the what's called the neutrino floor. Yeah, which is uh, which is frustrating because this, so the neutrino floor is when your dark matter detectors are so good that all they see is the neutrino interactions. And once you go below that, you, we won't be able to detect it because it will just be flooded with other events that are neutrinos and we have no way of distinguishing the two, even though neutrinos don't have um, don't have enough mass to be the, the dark matter. But, but there, they, there is a dirty little secret in that business since that you could have dark matter that the dark matter particles that interact with each other and get produced and fill the halo and so on, but they have zero interaction with regular matter yeah. so that every direct detection experiment, which is what you're talking about, will come up empty. But that's perfectly reasonable theoretically. Yeah, it's just that the people who fund those made, experiments don't like it. it, it bang, uh, yeah, exactly. So the whole reason they're called WIMPs. So <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. There's a little bit of an issue here what? where there's uh, there's Wimps were called wimps because we were hoping that they interacted via the weak force because we understand the weak force well. And so we were hoping that they were just heavy objects that interacted via the weak force. Uh, You can kind of modify it and say, well, they can interact via a weak interaction that's not the weak force or is for some reason even weaker than the weak force. No, no. The story is that they interact with each other through the (laughs) weak force. They just don't interact with protons. Case closed, you don't see them. Weak CSI. interacting mass <laughs> particles. What does it stand for? What weakly interacting massive particles, oh, okay. as opposed to machos. Machos. Yeah. CSI Galaxy is a good show. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great show. What was the name of our? Wait, what does macho stand for? <laughs> massive compact halo objects. Massive compact. Okay. The idea is that the massive, <laughs> massive compact halo isn't massive and compact like. Opposites? Uh, no. Um, in, this con- in this context, massive means um, about the mass of a star. Compact means something like a degenerate stellar like a remnant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so something like a white dwarf or, well, usually I think white dwarfs is the preferred thing. And then they're in the halo, so they're the dark matter in the halo. So when the gravitational lensing experiments of the 90s found more events than they thought, people thought, or people posited that their dark matter could be machos. Like uh, little so, mini black holes was one of the possibilities. Yeah. And um, you can these look, are now thought to be unlikely. Yeah, there's been, there's, these, there's been these great uh, surveys where they go and they just look at stars. You just look at thousands, millions of stars, and you just wait. And if there's enough black holes around, you'd see a, something called a microlensing event where the light just kind of dips out for a second as the black hole bends the light around the star. And you can use a computer to to search for just through piles and piles of it, and that was done uh, back in the '90s, late '90s, and it didn't, just doesn't. There's not enough of those there to to account for it. Uh, there was a little bit of a resurgence uh, for macho 
theory when uh, LIGO detected black hole collision because the two black holes that it found uh, were both above 30 mass. And the fact that that was the first one found, people thought, oh, that might mean they're more common than we thought. And a lot of people thought that the microlensing had ruled those out, and it turns out that they didn't exactly. And if that really, if that rate had kept up, that might, would have been a good explanation. It wouldn't be clear where they came from. They would have had to come from the, the Big Bang or some other mechanism, but they, they haven't had enough gravity waves since then. That, that, that scenario hasn't happened. And, well, at least they haven't published that it's happened. So. Well, they found one more event with the black holes were smaller, which is what you expected. Right. So yeah. if they kept finding lots of big ones, then what you said would happen. But if they find yeah. the one big one and many small ones, then it's what you expect. Yeah, I think it was supposed to so be So now like, we have the statistics of two. Yeah, so. yeah. But I think uh, for it to be dark matter, it would have had to have been like every two weeks or something. They would have seen a 30. And they, yeah, that ain't happened. Yeah. You guys so. remember when I got oh, they're, the... They're holding it secret if they are, in which case we'll put them to the grill about it. So you guys remember when I when I got the the math right for the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to bring a stopwatch to every podcast now and just press stop as soon as I get lost. I'm like, oh, yeah, I made it forty minutes. Yeah, uh-huh. me and Griff hadn't said a word in the last five minutes. We're just like, oh, okay. I'm literally listening okay. to that like truck backing up yeah. in the background. I can't. Like, hear can I make a pun? I clearly don't understand what's going on. Anyway, that's okay. Microlensing, macho, wimp. Um... I think our listeners learned a lot today. This is, uh... Yeah, this is a lot. Oh, that's good. I feel like this is as it's kind of the trend we go through of like we we go yeah. until it, it hits like straight nerd talk. <laughs> like, oh right, I'm not a scientist. I always all. assume our listeners like much smarter than me, but a little like not as uh, uh, smart as our guests and Kevin. So it's somewhere in between. You know what I mean? So if I'm lost, it doesn't mean that they're lost. Well, there's you, like like 50 people on Earth who could like actually like. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we only have fifty people on Earth listening to this podcast. It's awesome. <laughs> I know um, we're gonna get lost. Kevin starts to get real fired up about something, goes into detail. His voice goes up in pitch. He's like, okay, uh, the, what happens next with the neutrinos? Like, uh, <laughs> when he says neutrino, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. When yeah. he says neutrino, okay, here's I'm what done. I, neutrino to me still sounds like a nutritious cereal. That's all I hear when I hear you say that. Yeah. Well. I've asked you to explain. <laughs> I've asked you to explain neutrino to me like many times. So we've, we've, we've. I think we talked about neutrino at least half the podcast. I still don't know what it is. Well, it's just very small either. and it doesn't interact. It's actually a lot like a wimp, except that it doesn't have enough of the M, so it's a whip. <laughs> but, uh, still don't know what neutrino it has mass, but not very much. <laughs> we can ask at all. So dark matter might be a wimp. Yeah, but uh, we're not one that's strong enough to be interacting that we've seen one yet. And it still might be discovered. We haven't hit the noise floor. We just haven't. What, what's we're, it called? We're Neutrino noise floor? Of, uh, you just said space. discovered, by the way. <laughs> <Just so you know. laughs> Neutrino noise floor was our EDM festival, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Neutrino noise floor. Oh, that's yeah. sick. <laughs> Neutrino. I thought of another like hipster uh, Silver Lake band. He said earlier, what did you say? Dinosaur extinction s- is it scale or something? What did you say earlier? Coming up next on KCRW. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I hear them say something, I'll call it out Massive as a band. Massive Extinction event. There we go, oh, Massive That's extinction. a metal band. Yeah. That's a metal band. <laughs> oh, no. You know, even the location of the neutrino floor is not totally well known yet. Not because we don't know how to find it, but it's because... It's below us, though, right? It's, be- it's, be- <laughs> it's, 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 it's this way. He points T- down. Tiesto's played it like four times. It's still below what's called the exclusion limit. That's what you call those when you're going 
going to get funding. You put an exclusion limit. But the reason that it's not well known is not because we don't have the ability to. It's just that when these experiments were first proposed, the theorists who worked on trying to find the neutrino noise floor never thought that we would be still looking for dark matter by the time we got down that far. So they're only now starting to like seriously have to discuss when we're actually going to hit it because we're getting close. And that's uh, upsetting. My upstairs neighbor is always banging on the neutrino noise. <laughs> <laughs> Those goddamn neutrinos. What? I had to put him on the second floor. <laughs> Sergey, or whatever my landlord's name is. <laughs> so uh, I auditioned for uh, your friend's wife yesterday, uh, Kelly K. Bra. Let's give him a shout yeah, out. Yeah, wow. shout out. I didn't Kelly know she was. Too. I know, I yeah. think she was a cast director. I went in and she was like, <laughs> Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> no, I know Kevin? Her, she was like, I know your friend Kevin, you know? And I'm like, What? Nobody knows Kevin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out she was he Tony's claimed... wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. She's... So she, okay, yeah. Was, with Tony, you said? Tony, the black guy uh, with that invented a gecko bra. I don't think he met him. He was one of our guests and then also a sponsor with this really cool bra material that sticks to your boobs. Is he a scientist? He's yeah. A, he's, a, he's an engineer. Inventor, yeah. Dr. So, Tony Roy. What yep. a weird, we have like a weird confluence between the comedy world and the, the heights of the science community. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what oh, makes yeah. his podcast cool. It's neat. It's, and not just like, he really likes comedy. He comes to the improv a lot. Uh, not so much now. He is a kid, but. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, like an engineer marries a casting director. That's... I know how great is that. I like that. You're She's in Patriots great. Day and a show on HBO, but it's like knowing the guy on a podcast. Mike, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I can't wait. Uh, that'd just be so great. Of like, no, mom, I, I, I want to do physics. Like, you will be in the play. You will not as a one in the science world. <laughs> yeah, have you, you never met her. Yeah, I met her. I just didn't know she was a casting director. I mean, oh. I think she even told me. I just forgot. Oh, I see. Well, way to listen to things that are important in well, life, Kevin. Well, I knew Kevin. she worked in Hollywood. I, just, I didn't remember. How did you catch your big break in Hollywood? No, you... Oh, I was friends with a bunch of particle physicists. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you still consulting on movies? Uh, I, not as many as I'd like to. <laughs> so people, people just don't call you? or you, uh, how, I, how do you apply I've for gotten some jobs? calls, but no good movies. Kevin, I've been kind of disappointed with the consulting on some of the movies. Actually. Kevin any, consults any IPAs a lot. No. What's Kevin <laughs> consults a lot of IPAs. That's what he's busy doing. India Pale Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's, he it's he a, loves IPAs. Interplanetary. Yeah, this is Griff true. being my agent. You can say, like, yeah, he's great. He's, <laughs> he's drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't get calls back when Griff's my agent. <laughs> Do you feel like there's less, um, like, science-y movies right now? Because no, Thor made it all just, magic. Yeah, More. they I think... Uh, they streamlined it after Thor in a way that I'm not super happy with, but um, Doctor Strange is pretty cool. Mm. I met some of the science consultants for that. Interstellar, um, The Martian. Um, there's a lot of well, movies. Interstellar wasn't like a science consultant. That was like written real by, science, though. Yeah, that but, was like real science. Oh, can we talk about Arrival? Because that made no sense to me. But oh, I you love said, that movie. But oh, you said God. it actually all checks out scientifically. Well, I, I think we're gonna have the science consultant for that on this podcast at some point. But yeah, I mean, it's well. I don't want to ruin the plot, but I mean, checked out scientifically given what it was saying they could do. I mean, the thing I liked about it is like normally, have you guys seen this movie, Arrival? No, but I, I mean, seen it. it's, yeah. it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, what happens? Yeah, that's I don't, all the neutrinos. Could you review me? I haven't heard. Well, it's uh, it's about aliens coming to Earth, but the difference is, you know how they normally land at like landmarks and <laughs> then come out speaking English? This is the opposite, where they land at... Twelve random locations mm -hmm. on Earth. Um, Kentucky. And the, 
Like, is it like <laughs> no, just all over, like just randomly? They, they go through a lot of effort to make sure that it's like looks random. I think one in is in Montana or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and nowhere near population. We don't need Montana yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, so, but the the thing that's cool about it is that it's really it's a very lingual movie. Like the the main plot, the main character is a linguist trying to figure out how to talk to them when they think completely differently than we do. And so I found that to be much more realistic because it's so hard to just talk to people even on Earth. And we right. literally were all related 100,000 years. Like we spoke the same language 100,000 years ago and now we still have trouble speaking to people that we just meet because our, our experiences are all very different. I read about that in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> That that language part makes sense to me, but the the whole time loop, you know, I'm not trying to give it well, away. Yeah. I mean, it, is it that makes sense? That's actually scientifically. Yeah, you know, that like, made sense to me. Yeah. Really? Wow. Because well, I, I don't know what you mean by scientific. Like, what? Like, does it again, like interstellar? Kind of ruin, we're like kind interstellar. Of it by let's it. let's just say spoiler yeah. alert. And then just yeah. Go. yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Go watch Patriots Day. Forget about Arrival. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. That's, if you want to watch Arrival, buy his ticket for Patriots Day and then sneak into Arrival. <laughs> 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 Let's talk about Arrival, man. And then so, buy my album on iTunes. Well, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. I, I, but we can't talk about it without just completely ruining the entire uh, movie. Fuck it. Okay. You know, well, so it's, a a, it's a science podcast. podcast. Like there's a time do. element to it. and uh, they, they go back in time, right? Like, well, the alien no, no. Gave, him, gave her language. Are you sure you're not talking about Stargate? <laughs> no. I mean, her. what she is experiencing is very similar to what was actually, I think, first proposed. I'm not sure if this is the first person, but if you've... Uh, if you've read um, Slaughterhouse-Five, this basically had a very similar plot to Slaughterhouse-Five, which is an idea. The, the idea is that if you live, if you have the ability to travel through time, one way you can experience that is that you just experience all things simultaneously, which is not that weird an idea because right now, being. I mean, one of the main, in, like one of the main hallmarks of time even existing is that we only remember the past. In mm-hmm. fact, it's not entirely impossible. That is the only reason why we experience time in this direction is because we only remember the past. That's a process that goes a particular way, and so we feel it that way. So that might actually be the very cause of time in our... In so it's just an illusion, but we're actually living everything at the same time. Yeah, You're saying that's maybe, a possibility. But the, the, the feeling of living at a particular moment comes from the fact that we only remember things from mm. that moment. Okay. So imagine that you could just equally remember the future and the past. It would You'd think very differently, and that was, that and was then part you of the point. Not me. Not you. No, no, <laughs> so the past doesn't affect the current event, uh, the present, to some degree. You can, you can change the past right now by acting on it. That because that's what the well, movie is about. Well, but even that might be a feeling. I mean, when when you talk about uh, like um, classical time travel, one of the things that upsets people. This is what they did in Interstellar and still upset people. Is, uh, if you have classical time travel, uh, that means obeying the laws of classical physics and even some parts of quantum mechanics. You basically don't have free will anymore, and that mm-hmm. that says that free will is an illusion caused by the fact that you haven't remembered what you're going to do yet, and that's very yeah. upsetting to people. I mean, that's it's, like mm. one of the things human beings hate being told. No, like, is that have... proof of that in both relativity and quantum physics that the future no. already exists? No, no, no. 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 Look, no. Uh, even a double pendulum doesn't know what it's going to do next. Yeah, right. But it's Ooh, you can you can the double slit experiment. 
Like, doesn't no, that show that... quantum mechanics and chaos theory both make it impossible to distinguish free will from non-free will? Chaos so theory is another good that's band why, name. That's why <laughs> this. That's why like determinism and naturalism as a philosophy sort of fell out of favor once quantum mechanics and chaos and stuff like that was determined. And also, it just makes your your uh, judicial system much less effective. Yeah. So one of the most beautiful things about. Um, about chaos theory. So quantum mechanics is a little bit weirder in that it's more difficult to interpret. But with classical, sort of purely classical chaos, you can write down a set of differential equations that governs, you know, a pendulum which is hinged on another pendulum. It's and a really si- simple system. Yeah. I mean, it's and, about, it's and that system is fundamentally unpredictable. And what hmm. I mean by that is that it depends... Sensitively, exponentially sensitively on the initial conditions. But being a professor, I could always ask my graduate student to provide one more significant digit to the starting condition, right? I could say, no, give me a more precise one and now a more precise one. So by demanding that every time, you change the starting point ever so slightly. And, and no, that and no, in turn, completely, it's like, it's like the weather. And no matter how close you zoom mm-hmm. in, and no matter how close you zoom in, there's always, there's points on this initial setup space um, where you can get two completely different outcomes even though they're arbitrarily close together. This actually, believe it or not, was discovered by Newton first, but he didn't really know what to make of it and he didn't really have a way to, to explain it well. He came up with this thing called the three magnet pendulum. I, I, maybe it had a fancier name, but you basically have three magnets and you have another magnet that wants to fall to it and you just drop it and you wait until it slows down and eventually comes to rest. And if you draw a color for each of the uh, three magnets, red, green, and blue, let's say, you one of the one of the things he discovered on accident he didn't know that he did but you get a fractal pattern and these patterns have the property that you zoom in and zoom in the pattern just repeats but it never you can get vastly different outcomes even from points that are just right next to each other and it doesn't matter how far you zoom in so if you were going to go in and say oh does this pendulum have free will you would have an extremely difficult time saying that it didn't because maybe it just feels like it would go that you know yeah, yeah. it's fucking magnets how do they work i heard fractal pattern and i just thought of pterodactyls well I th- <laughs> I fractal think pterodactyl part- that's another band yeah, <laughs> yeah. i think the whole problem though, is that he couldn't simulate it on a computer so he didn't really Loser. yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was also getting lead poisoning i guess because he was trying to figure out how to turn lead into gold so he kind of got a little uh alchemy little was weird. His, his other thing yeah well I've, yeah and and Asperger's that was like his third thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, was, he was very busy. That's yeah. a skill. He died of Asperger's. Yeah. He died of he had whole, like crazy Asperger's. Apparently, he was I, just the most unpleasant person to be around. And having people oh, executed, he did that. Too. What? What for? Uh, he was in charge of the treasury at one point, and so if people were found guilty of uh, counterfeiting money, <laughs> he would provide evidence so that they would. <laughs> Which is funny that he wanted to spend his life trying yeah. to figure out how to counterfeit money. <laughs> Oh, yeah, make gold out of nothing, yeah. right, right. <laughs> I think the whole time he's like, oh, I'm going to figure this out, and I'll be richer than all of them. Counter- yeah. Death penalty for counterfeiting. <laughs> oh, what a day to be alive. Oh, it's lovely. All right, well, Fred and Constantine, thank you very much for being on Thank you on guys here. for thank having you. us. Yeah. yeah, thank you so this much. This has been awesome. Um, do you guys have anything to plug, or play, play, do you want people to follow you, or what? Definitely want people to uh, to follow me for the one sole purpose of advertising the fact that our band, The Seventh Season, is playing uh, an Old Town Pub 
Awesome. Pasadena on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, so wow. Nice. Well, that's a warning, that's a, too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Bring, yeah. Your, bring your green beer so that you can vomit green. Uh, what, what, what do you play in the band? I play guitar and I sing. Nice. Dude, he's the lead. Yeah. He was a sexy motherfucker. Yeah. I hate you. Yeah. 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 Quite the catch. What a boy, man. Sorry your old man discovers planet. And he has a band. You know, yeah. He guitar. yeah, you missed out on being on the sexy scientist list, but I'm sure you'll get on there. Next one. I didn't know there was such a. Yeah, list. there was. Our last guest was on. Kevin wasn't on it, and he was yeah. devastated. <laughs> not, not knowing about it makes him even sexier. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're automatically disqualified once you hit 40. Oh. Or That's two, a real or bleak outlook on life, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sexiest IPA drinking scientist that does comedy on the side. Kevin Hickerson makes the top 100. What genre, by the way, do you guys play? Sorry? What genre do you play? Uh, it's, it's rock and roll. Oh, rock and roll, baby. Seventh season. Old Town Pub, St. Patty's Day. How about you, Fred? You you plug in a, a gig? <laughs> no, I don't have any gigs to plug, so I'm good. <laughs> He'll be there getting drunk. Yeah, Fred, right. Fred and I have jammed together. Oh, oh that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, what do you plays, play? Well, I play a little bass, a little guitar, but Sweet. I'm not he's as good as Constantine. Good. Oh, he's pretty good. <laughs> These guys awesome. are like the opposite of a scientist dying a virgin. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. We've come a long way in 400 years. Yeah. We do stuff now. Yeah, um, great joke, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Good time. We're, Good time. we're moving side to side. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Matt? Uh, check out MondayPunday.com. Check out the app just called Punday. If you like puzzles, um, my you can buy my album on iTunes, listen to it on Spotify, and then my, uh, my half-hour special you can now watch uh, on Hulu. When did that Woo! come out? Uh, October. Is it was it on Comedy Central? Yeah, I did my album and my oh, half hour. Congrats, yeah, it was man. Weird. That's I turned so on the Comedy so Central great. app and like for a couple like about a week. It was, it was like the first thing up was pretty right. awesome. And then you got Roast Battle coming up? Oh, yeah, I guess I can announce that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was she battle. just on it, actually? Was just on the second yeah. season. We're, we're shooting Sunday. I think it's out a few days after. So in like a week, I'll be on. Is it, it, was it at the Belly Room? Uh, no, I think it's a hard rock. I saw or one. House it, of Blues. It's so surreal to see the Belly Room of all places. Like on the, It's just awesome. Love it. Killing the comedy game, Matthew Broussard. Yeah. How about you, Griff? No, uh, nothing. We gotta move on to Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> Everybody, see for Jimmy. Go see Independence Day two. <laughs> yeah, I'm the really hot Asian girl in there. <laughs> go ahead, Griff. You got. Uh, if you're in San Diego, February first, uh, first Red Saloon. Um, let's see. Uh, I've got. Uh, I will. I've got a date coming up at the Improv. I'm gonna have a show there. I'll promote that next time, but I don't have that. But. Do you believe I, I found out about this from Griff telling someone else in front of me? That's how much he doesn't want me to open for. Jimmy yeah. lets me open, open. for. Open? No, you you do a spot on a show. You don't open in a lineup of comedians. Uh. See, that's your first problem. See, Kev's one of them dudes who will like go into the comedy store, do a set, and then Chappelle pops in behind him, and he's like, "Yeah, I uh, this man opened for Dave Chappelle. He used to open for Dave Chappelle." Yeah, yeah, well, that's exactly what Kevin does. Like, no, yeah, on the road specifically, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Or follow me at Griff Pippen on Instagram, Twitter, and Griff Pippen on Facebook. And you've been posting jokes. I like it. Yeah. Good stuff. <sighs> yeah. How about you, Jimmy? You're like, no, I have people. Oh who yeah, do that I also have a podcast. Surely you're joking. You should check <laughs> <Yeah>. it out. <laughs> <laughs> it really needs some help. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, you got any shows coming up? Uh, follow that, me that at Funny Asian Dude. Um, I'm at San Francisco on Sunday, but I don't think I think oh, this, awesome. this airs later. Uh, but yeah, got Minnesota coming up. I think Scottsdale, a couple other places. Um, and then uh, Patriots Day in theaters now. Really yeah, want you guys to watch it. this movie. Kevin, awesome. Kevin, 
loved it, right? Yep. Like, yep. It and doesn't uh, count if I say I. And your friend it, was you know? had a really big role too. I didn't realize that. Was, Temo? Yeah. Yeah, he's great. I mean, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, watch Silicon Valley, not because Jimmy's on it, just because it's a very good show. Yeah, mm-hmm. and same thing with Patriots Day. I think it's a great movie. Um, yeah, and I want everybody to see it, man. Very proud of it. And we're proud of you, Jimmy. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. This has been surely you're joking. Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson out. <laughs>